Hey y'all, we are back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast, and we have a special guest. As we um, are moving into this new year, we're wanting to feature authors, and so we had a special person, Regina, who helped influence this idea, and we are kicking off the year with her book first. And so, as usual, before we jump in and get started, you know, we want to have a little conversation. So, Danica, do you want to kick off our conversation? Yeah, sure. So um, right now, because, you know, quarantine and because of COVID and us trying to protect ourselves and others, um, you know, it's a lot of quarantining. And so we're just asking, uh, like, you know, just discussing different creative ways we've been able to connect with friends, families, and loved ones during this time. So Regina, what are some ways that you've been able to creatively connect with others? Okay, well, the quarantine has definitely been an experience, so we all have to be um, creative. But um, we did a lot of different things. We did the, you know, the drive-through experiences. We also did the food trucks. But one that really stood out for me was um, I gave sometimes some months or some of the weeks a theme. Uh, we even did that for New Year's. We um, actually put like it's like a care package, and what we did was even though we couldn't be together, we had schedules that make you intentional. You know, it makes you think about things, reflect. You had painting, you had um, things with activities. We had a little party. We had Bible reflection, and um, I even have like the one that we did for New Year's. We had like the little things, and you pull them out. But there wasn't always like this. It's just different things. You had trees, mass night. You know, let's do a spacious spot. So we did things that kept us feel like we wasn't being idle. And I don't like to be idle, so that's what we did to make us feel like we was connecting, even though we was distant from each other. Yeah, that is really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, the drive-in—that's that's actually a, a cool one too. I miss going to the drive-in. Um, yeah. So I'm most definitely gonna go ahead and steal that one from you, Myra. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, in other episodes, me and Myra have talked about it, but Myra, is there any other ways you're thinking of right now of ways that you've connected during this time? Now that she's reminding you of the drive-throughs, we did a drive-through graduation. Um, okay. Anything about that. But since we talked about this, Donika, it makes me want to ask, how are people, you know, getting connected to themselves? Um, because I feel like mm-hmm. for me, again, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about me going for walks and runs, and I feel like that's been helpful for me and also um, just having more times of silence has been helpful for me too. So it makes me wonder what are other people doing because this is a difficult time to kind of stay sane. So I'm just wondering, you know, what are you thinking about Donika? I wanna say, I mean, it's pros and cons. I live alone, so I get a lot of uh, alone time. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, me being alone and Sometimes I feel like I have been journaling a lot more. Like I'm not a big journaler, uh, but I have been reflecting a lot more. I also, if y'all haven't heard Iyanla uh, Vincent, I hope I'm, cause we gotta get her name right every time. Iyanla Vincent, 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 Vincent. It's one of them. Iyanla though, I got the first one name. Iyanla, I got you. About. <laughs> so, yeah. She, um, she has this app. Um, actually, let me make sure. Iyanla, she does these, they're called like monthly, like soul, some, it's something, but mm-hmm. she, those are free, okay, and I okay. usually go to those every month, but she also has this app called Good the Daily, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> called the Daily, <laughs> it's music called the Daily, what'd you say? Does it have music to it? 
Yeah, he has all this. You can hear her voice, and it's kind of like this music in the background. And every Sunday, she releases kind of like these intentions to focus on over the week. Mm, okay. Um, and you can purchase it if you want like daily stuff, but you know, I'm frugal. I, I'll take the words that I can get. And so I also have been utilizing like her app uh, to like lead me with intentions for the week. Mm. Um, so I do feel like I've been doing a lot of like self inner self work, which has been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Cause you sparked this question. Uh, I mean, the walks, like I said, um, I've been getting up a little bit earlier to do things because I feel like I have like people can't really contact you if you're up at 5 a.m. People aren't really up at that time. So I feel like for me, finding pockets of even though I live alone, a lot of people contact me. So it feels like I'm always in contact with people and always talking to people. So finding those moments of when are people not going to contact me? So I like getting up early, but I also like staying up late. So I've been playing around with that. Like if I'm staying up late, what am I doing for myself when I'm staying up late? What am I doing when I'm waking up early? Oh, yeah. Hmm. So those moments. Um, but you mentioned this app, and it's making me think about Alex L., one of my favorite poets. If you just sign up for her email list, she sends out journal reflections every month, and they're always so intentional, and they always align so perfectly with things that are just happening in the world and in my life. So I do want to suggest that to you all. It's free, and she has great prompts. But Regina, what are you doing? I'm curious. Well, actually, I'm doing journaling, too. I love to journal everything. I'm like a, one of those people that reflect through every little aspect of my life. So um, I just wake up early. And um, I kind of similar with you when you said that you're up early and you're up, and you like up really late. Wake yeah. up early you're up late. Um, we need some care because I know what that feels like because you need, you want to be intentional through every hour, I think, because you want to make sure you're being able to reach those goals that you're trying to get to but if you're doing that you're not helping yourself so Mm -hmm. I really admire on that but right now I've just been journaling um I'm kind of old school so I do use the paper and the pen that's me Mm -hmm. and I look through it and I have like this collection of them especially over for the quarantine for 2020 I have like this many so (laughs) when I look back I'll have that so see but yeah yeah Danica is making me think about when we had that episode with your sister and I had said to your sister you know journaling is something that you can leave behind like it's not necessarily like a book that you publish but your thoughts and if you feel okay to leave that behind it serves so much value your sister was like oh I'm definitely doing that so it's making me think about you have a stack of journals but it's really cool if, you know, this is something that we're just experiencing to leave that for future generations, somebody in your family or you have kids, whatever, where they could be like, oh, wow, this is interesting to hear about what was happening during that time. So that's really cool. That's so true. It's so true. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into Regina's bio. So Regina is an educator inspired Bible teacher and writer. Her purpose is to encourage women to experience the joy of a fulfilled life. She knows this can only come from a close relationship with God. Because of her involvement in discipleship, she founded the Responsive Soul. This organization is primarily for women who are willing to become aware of their accountability to God. She currently resides in Memphis, Tennessee. She takes long walks, loves horseback riding, and enjoys traveling. And she can be found at reginamurden.com. That's R-E-G-I-N-A-M-U-R-D-E-N.com. So I want to go ahead and just dive in and talk about Rendered for More. So this is a book that she published, and y'all got to check it out. So 
I want to hear what was the initial inspiration behind writing Rendered for More? Okay, well, in all honesty, uh, Rendered for More was actually never planned. Uh, this would make it kind of unique in its own way. Um, it started or initially was inspired just with a manuscript uh, paper um, from a, actually from a transitioning state of a life where I wasn't planning to write a book, but I was just, like I said, I love to journal. And even though I was journaling, it led to a manuscript. And so by that happening, um, the transition was more of something that was inwardly. So it wasn't anything I was thinking for publicly to share, but something that was more or less inwardly, I was transitioned because I see myself one that like to be a disciple and also see myself discipled by following God as he tells me, you know, this you need to do, or, you know, you need to, you know, be calm, or you need to be more aggressive, or in that sort. So, Render for More, it wasn't planned, but even though it wasn't planned, um, it was birthed through that season that was dark. It was um, a very dark season for me. Um, that season where I was being stretched, you know, you don't like to be stretched, um, but we all have to go through that, and when I went through that, um, I saw he was showing me in a way that was intimate, but he was showing me that I had to render things that he didn't, I did no longer need. Like sometimes we don't know we need it. So he put us in a special environment. So he put me in an environment where I felt confined, but I stretched to believe um, what he was doing at the same time, because it felt like I was blinded. But at the same time, I felt that there was something changing. So that was the stretching part of it. But when he was doing that, um, at that time, he was getting rid of things that I did not need, like pride. He was getting rid of things like doubt, getting rid of things that was like self-sufficiency sufficiency. and I have this like issue where I love to plan and self-control I had to take my control off that was whoa, whoa. but you know but I had to win that for more so yeah yeah so yeah that's interesting that you talk about um the removal of the self-control even before COVID because now we're in a space where you really don't have space for that, right? Mm -hmm. And so to yeah. go on this journey of, you know, it's already something I've worked on, I'm sure that easing into COVID was probably a much different experience for you than some others where like, you know, they're so used to that, right? So it just made me think about that because a lot of my conversations with people have been like, you know, I just miss having the control and that's all I miss. I just miss having control over my life. So I think that's a good point that you bring that up. Absolutely. So um, in, in reading your book, um, and I don't most definitely want to spoil like everything, <laughs> but you know, you utilize Esther. And so why did you choose Esther versus other women in the Bible to guide your book? And like, did any other women come in mind when you were like, you know, writing this book? All right. That's a good question because Honestly, um, there's so many like phenomenal women that's in the Bible. So it's like, which one do you choose? You know, they're all awesome. To me, they are, you know. I'm pro-woman on that stuff. But um, even though they all were good women, they wore their crown very well with, you know, elegance, um, with determination, even though they had different, um, like, sceneries that God used them in order for them to use their purpose. Um, but what really resonated with me was Esther because Esther, she was, it felt like she was like my sister with what I was going through um, at that time because Esther, she had a crown to wear, right? But 
she did not know her crown. Like we all have a crown, but sometimes we don't understand the, the, the weight of it, or we don't understand how to wear it right. And Esther, she was just an orphan, right? She was, didn't have any identity and she didn't know where she actually belonged. So I kind of felt in a lot of ways, I was an orphan because not biologically, but I was an orphan spiritually because even though I was raised in a Christian family, I didn't really know where I belonged. What was that purpose? You know, you find it. Cause I'm looking around, there's people like, I have it. I'm a person like, I, I don't have it. I don't have it yet, you know? And, and it was okay because with Esther, you didn't ever see her fretting in the story um, when written for more. Cause actually that's why I wrote the memoir um, in a way that it can be used as a devotional that you can go back to that story that here you are a woman or a young girl that is a modern Esther can look back and relate to a first century Esther, right? That she did not have it all together. She did not quite know what the walk looked like, but a suddenly happened. And her suddenly happened mainly because she trusted, she followed through, um, she believed in God, and um, she didn't know exactly where it was going to lead to, but it led her to, look, she was like the queen that had to, you know, maybe to save a nation. That was huge. And so for me, um, I did not know exactly what my purpose was leading me to, but it was a suddenly, it led me to this, a writing ministry. So that's why I chose Esther. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for breaking that down. Uh, it most definitely makes it even more sense now, because in the book, the way you break it down, you most definitely speak about a lot of relatability that you have with Esther. Um, but in, in, in talking about the book, I love how you kind of like talk about some like you know popular culture trends of today and so who mentions that you talk about you talk about this goat versus sheep and then you talk about the holiosis so going into detail with like you know what you're thinking when you think of the goat versus sheep or holiosis um what are some of your thoughts well well look it's so interesting it's like you always hear people saying you know goat greatest of all time okay who doesn't want to be greatest of all time but even though you want to be greatest of all time, but it's a certain way that you should position yourself or posture yourself to want to be a greatest of all time. And why I definitely put it in there intentionally was because it's the significance of a goat and a sheep. They're in the same family. And even though they're in the same family, the goat characteristic is they're stubborn, you know, they have this pride. But then you got this other one, a sheep, that, you know, it has just the same, like, significance, but it's more humble, it's more gentle, you know, it may not, you know, it needs to have, like, you know, care, because the sheep does not have, like, the independence of itself, just like us, you know, we do not have that independence that we think we need, and like I said, in that season, I felt like I needed to have, let go of that stuff sufficiently, so that I can be able to rely on my father. So I use those two because one was showing you can be stubborn, you can be so prideful. And like, if you think about your family, like if you think about Christ's family, you have within that same family, one that can be a goat, they're so stubborn, or you can have one that can be so gentle and they can be overlooked. Or if you look at your nuclear family, there's the same, you can even go father, you know, you got like the brother or that sister that can be very, you know, like I'm the greatest of all time, you know, and then right next year, right next to you, you have um, one that's just so humble and meek, but at the same time, can't really find their way. So I use that because I want to show the difference of you want to make sure you get to your destiny, but you want to get to it 
wanting to be able to reach it in a humble way, the right way, so that you can maintain it because that's, that's what life is. You know, you want to make sure you can maintain where you're trying to go. Absolutely. Thank you for breaking that down. It makes me think about like, um, and maybe in certain different um, times in our life, us going through both of them, right? Being the goat and then also being the sheep. Like it kind of like, you know, you kind of go back and forth, right? Yeah, true. Very true. That can definitely happen in the same season. You can go there, but um, what's so good about it is you have the choice. We all get to make a decision, you know, what do we, I mean, whoa, am I being a goat? Well, what do I can do? You can you know, humble yourself to be a sheep. So yeah, that's definitely true. And then I think I didn't even answer the other part about the holiosis. Um, holiosis, I think I just made that word up because I am so guilty of it and I see it everywhere I go. Um, um, I think we're all just guilty of that. You know, when we, um, we're, we just, we hold it down, you know, we just like, you know, I, you know, we like to put this badge on, like we do an act, but then we put a badge on and say, in Jesus, you know, I care for you or something like that. And all this means that you let that false pretenses go and you let the walls go and you walk with transparency. Because I believe that in this society, especially during this quarantine, transparency, it is very vital. It is essential that we be able to be, especially women that's transparent. Because I know sometimes in the culture of a woman, um, we, have to, we feel like we have to have that guard, but you don't have to have that, you know? And then sometimes if you have that, that insecurity, you put up this like holiosis uh, where you feel like, you know, I'm, I, I have this as my covering, you know, and you look for faults in others when you shouldn't even judge because that's not the way um, we're, we're developed as vessels as that. So that was holiosis. You're not being like the Pharisees in the Bible when they were um, very legalistic. They're always about rules, you know, and they didn't pay attention to the ruler, which is God, who did not focus on the rules. And so we let go of that, let go of the rules and just be open and transparent. Thank you for breaking that down. So we wanted to ask, what are some tips you can give us for listening to and obeying our truths? Hmm, so what can I give you? Let's let's see. Well, actually, I'm gonna give you three tips and for obeying your truths. The first one I would say is always be willing to ask yourself, are you honoring God um, and whatever you're doing uh, for the reality of life for that moment? Because sometimes we can um, self-compromise sooner than we need to. And it's like, is this honoring God? You know, because when we honor God, we honor ourselves. We honor our purpose. We honor where we want to be. And and we honor our healing process too when we do that. So that's the first tip. And the second one I would say, are you capable to be reflective? Um, because being reflective helps you to stay in tune with yourself. Um, because we have to admit, we all are humans. We will make mistakes. But sometimes um, when we have to do that reflective piece, we can look back at our mistakes and we can look at it from regrets. But we don't have to look at it from that perspective. You can look at it as a lesson, you know, that you're learning. And then you can see yourself becoming a person that is resilient, a one that who will never give up. And then the third tip I would say is, I will leave with you, is actually, I'm going to read it to you. It's from Colossians um, 2.7, and I'm going to read the New Living Training, I mean, translation version, sorry with that. It says, let your roots grow down into him. And let your lives be built on him. 
Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And that shows exactly what the circle of life. I don't know if you guys like the movie Lion King. <laughs> Even when it came out 3D, and it was like what he's saying is pretty much is we are put on here to what to grow. After we grow, what do we do? Do we keep it to ourselves? No, we get to sow it to others. And then after that, how do we do that? By being faithful and giving it unto others. So that's what be with the three tips I would give to you. Yeah. Can you repeat that Bible verse one more time? I mean, the scripture. Sure. It's um, Colossians um, 2 7. Okay. And Danica, did you want to add anything or ask any questions before I go on? Um, no, I think that like listening to and obeying our truths um it's another one of those things you talk about of like this letting go of control piece too mm-hmm. um because i think and I, I believe you talk about this in your book too about how we'll make ourselves believe anything's our truth if we want it to happen mm-hmm. right if we want it if we feel good in that moment um you know you can convince yourself of like oh no this is it but are you really like you're listening, following these types of tips to really filter through? Is this really you listening and obeying God? Um, right. And so I like the For way sure. that you break it down. Most definitely. Yes. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. So we want to transition ags. Um, what would you say are some main takeaways that you have for our audience? And okay. for the readers um, too. Okay. Uh, for takeaways, I would say, um, Hopefully, you will take away that you can prevail. We all can. That's, you know, that's just how we're designed, actually. And we all have our own crowns. Remember that, ladies, who are in life. And so my assignment is for you, I would tell you, too, is to focus, okay? Focus on owning your crown, okay? Not anyone else's, but yours. And not just owning it, but that you're owning it, that it is, in a fashion that there's a difference, okay? That is why we wear the crown. We don't wear it so that we can be boastful. We don't wear our crown so that it can be sewn. Um, our crown is to be worn in a way so that we can serve with our crown in a position of humility. So what I would say is I encourage you to own your own, um, your crown this year in 2021, and so that you can flourish and think about who you might consider serving. Um, maybe there's a dream that you probably let, you know, go for a while, pick it back up and blow on it and dust it off and see how you can add that addition jewel to that crown. Or maybe it's someone in the community that you can serve, but we all have a crown that is used for others. It's not used for ourselves. So, yeah. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. Um, so, and in, in talking about your book, just to like kind of keep people in, on what to expect at the back of the book um regina does a really good job of giving us reflections to focus Mm -hmm. on as we're reading each chapter which is super cool because i know sometimes we read books and all the information just kind of you know is just there so to be able to break it down each chapter is really cool and then it's also like a question and answer piece in the back that kind of talks about different traits that you have um so yeah, the, the book is the book is really awesome. And if you're looking on a way, if you're looking for like a jump start of kind of what Regina's talking about, which is focusing on your own crown, this is the perfect jump start right now. So y'all gotta check the book out. Most definitely, yes. Regina, do you want to add anything before we close out for uh, our episode? Um. Well, I think pretty much that would be probably. I mean, I just hope that um, 
it will just be a place that it will just need you somewhere to be a stepping stone, um, like a community. That's what I'm really hoping for. And then I want Esther, the book, Render for More, to be like Esther's. We're all being Esther's community. So I don't know. We'll see. But like I said, I pretty much just want to just be a community. That's all. But yeah. 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 Thank you for that. And we'll be sure to share the links all throughout this month so that people are aware of it and people are um, mm -hmm. able to purchase it. And we would just want to thank you for your time and for you reaching out to us. We really enjoyed reading the book and um, having conversations amongst ourselves. So thank you again for that. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Of course. Yes. We hope you all enjoyed this week's episode um, as we have shared moving forward we will be reading one book a month and having a conversation about it and so again our book that we will be reading for the month of february will be mama didn't raise this woman and it's by um najari Maldonado. Maldonado oh my gosh n-j-e-r-i-m-l-a-d-o-n-a-d-o my like tongue is like fumbling sorry y'all but yeah mama didn't raise this woman like i said if you google it it pops up so it's there Danica, what you got to share with us? Um, yeah, I just want to continue keying you out on our event uh, this month. And so January 23rd, it's a Saturday from 1240 p.m. to 2 p.m. We will be having um, a social distancing um, step aerobics event. It's going to be led by Chris of KC Fitness. Um, we'll have water and we'll provide, uh, Chris will provide like the step, uh, the step tool for us. Um, and it's going to be in Los Angeles, California. Once you purchase the ticket, you will get the actual address. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to kickstart this year off with a nice little workout event that promotes community. So yeah, go ahead and get those tickets. Yes, most definitely. And we want to thank y'all for tapping in with us again in 2021. And we ask that you like, comment, and subscribe on any and all platforms. You can find us anywhere. And Thank y'all again and have a good rest of your week.